0: Welcome to this edition of the Million Dollar Mastermind Podcast. This is where we pick the brains of high achievers from all walks of life and get their hard-earned, real-world insights on winning. I'm your host, Larry Wydell. I grew up in Munich, so this is
1: south of Germany in Bavaria. And at that time, you had a lot of bike races there on the weekends, almost in every village. You need not to go far by car to to do a criterium, to do a race. And, you know, at that time, still, the Tour de France was popular, very popular. And at that time where I grew up, there was um, Ben I know. And even when I was very little, there was still Eddie Merckx racing and my father was was like to ride the bike was not a racer and did not competition. But I started when I was young to do football and others. Then I did bike races and I from myself want to optimize everything to the perfection. And I said, okay, at one point I came to the conclusion to describe the quality and quantity of the training. You have to measure your power and the power is is a value that really describes your strengths how strong you are because if you watch now the tour everyone in the tv is an expert now telling about power numbers of all these guys what's per kilogram and right. all of this but when right. i started this
0: you've, no one you've, knows anybody into an expert yeah
1: <laughs> now everyone is an expert and people are an expert. I know when I grew up and I went to the team and ex- uh, tried to explain them, you need to measure your power. They were the ones who said, ah, I don't need this. I don't need this. But now they are the managers to measure the power. So anyway, so I, I was lucky that I finished school and I started at the university to get an engineer in biomedical engineering and still do, on the weekend, my bike racing. And I said, okay, I want to measure my power to see the quality of my training. And then I had the idea, because I'm a medical I'm a medical engineer, but as a medical engineer, you know you have to develop hip implants, you have to me- develop heart paces, you have to develop operation chairs, whatever. So you, you learn a lot you learn how the, the body is functioning and you learn also the technique, how to measure values. like you can put strain gauges, strain gauges, what I use now in the power meter, but at that time you put strain gauges on bones, on the hips to see the stress. What is the stress in the bone? What is the stress in the teeth? But I was in medical engineer and in, in, in machine engineering, you put strain gauges in the car. So I said, okay, I think I should use this type of equipment, put somewhere on the bike and measure at least the force the cyclist puts on the cranks. And a strain gauge is, maybe I should explain, it's a grid of metal, very fine grid. You glue on the surface and this measures the deflection of of the surface and puts it into electrical value because you put some current on and then you can Uh measure the change of the resistance of this grid Uh and then to measure power you need two values so one is how hard the guy puts the force into the pedal and then the other one how fast but to measure fast is the cadence it's easy to measure you count it's a simply counting so whatever so let's say provide 100 watts It's the product of pushing the pedals, let's say, with 50 Newton and then have a cadence of whatever, 60, whatever. It's not as important, but you have to measure two values. But the challenge on a bike is the crank is is turning. So you cannot put a cable. So you have a turning device. And from this turning device, you have to transmit the data to the frame. Because on the frame, maybe you have a cable or whatever that's linked to a computer and shows the data. So this was one of the biggest challenges. Right now, it's not a challenge anymore because everyone knows, okay, you have a t you have Bluetooth, you have all these things. But in 1986, nothing of this was existent. Nothing. So you have to make some ways to get this done. And in 86, even no one had a computer. And right. then now... to computer on the bike and me myself i built my first bike computer i went to a bike race and they were laughing at me they said ah now he has a game boy who needs a bike computer all the other guys said no one needs a bike computer you have to push the pedals hard you don't need a computer and now tell the guys at the tour de france everyone has a bike computer but 30 years ago no one had a bike computer and no one could not do any race without a bike computer. Take away of the top guys, the bike computer. Now we have to race without. They they are probably not able to do this.
0: They be like racing. It would be like racing blind now. It'd be right like racing blind without the. the yeah, they right. have
1: feeling, the feeling and the motivation, how it is, and yeah. maybe. I remember maybe six years ago or five years ago. I was at a meeting with the UCI. They said, okay, maybe it would be good if no one would have a bike computer. <laughs> and then I started to make a power meter that only re- can record the data for after, after race analysis. So wow. the power meter records and after the race, you can analyze the data and have a look at this because if they really want to forbid the bike computer... But then also maybe they have to forbid the, the connection to the sports director and the car and all this. Yeah. Maybe it would be because then more everyone gets more self-responsible. The simple thing is if you have a power meter and you do a climb and the power meter tells you you are doing 400 watts, the best ever you've done in your life, and you still get dropped, then you know, okay, the other do more. So this tells you you are not bad, but the other are better. And then you make the question why? Right. Why? Have they better training? Have they better nutrition? Do they sleep better? Or whatever. Have the better clothing, better bikes. This is this is the this is also where at the end, maybe Greg Lemon a little suffered and then he complained about Armstrong and all the doping and whatever. But um important is having using a power meter to track yourself and be confident in yourself. So you measure your performance and your strengths, and then you know I did everything right and don't care what the other did. And then you say, okay, I did this. This is my data. The data are correct, and I am that strong. Okay, the other, I don't know why they... Are better now you, you don't know maybe they train better or whatever you don't know but well, you if know. you had the
0: data if you had their data they were you're were at 400 watts going up this climb and they were at 440 you would know yeah. exactly how much the difference you need to make and when you went to your training you could be dialing your training in to see if uh you yeah. were nowhere lowering uh you know that gap to where maybe you could get ahead and that's what you do in every business, the thing is, in every business, you know, this comes and you've got to know your numbers. Uh, yeah. And otherwise, you can't measure yourself with uh, your your peak performance and especially with your competition. And from one year to the next. You cannot, you cannot doubt about
1: yourself because, you know, I did everything correct. I'm the super strongest, whatever. Okay, the other are stronger okay, we have now to rethink all the training process, whatever can be made better, but you know, you made nothing wrong. Right. But anyway, the the modern cycling is is now, it's different as it was maybe 20 years ago.
0: And so how quick did it, you get up to the point where you had to have your own company making, you were selling so many of these, uh, uh, power meters that you had to have your own company because right now you're in three uh, uh, locations yes. one in Colorado Springs one in Italy and uh, where one. in in July. yeah
1: we have also one de- de- dependence in Sydney in Australia yeah but um, uh, I started with user Cycling working with Chris Carmichael When he was head coach for the Olympics in Atlanta. Okay. uh, uh, Olympics in Atlanta were in uh, 96. And I started working with them on the track to make aerodynamic tests on the track, but also for the mountain bike team with Susan Di Matteo and Matt Overend. So this was 85. There was the pre-Olympic race. So I worked closely with... um, Chris Carmichael with User Cycling. At, at the Olympics uh, themselves, they were maybe not the most successful, but the year before at the World Championship in Italy, they were very, very successful. So at the end, Chris Carmichael lost the job at User Cycling and he started his own company called CTS Training and he got the coach of Lance Armstrong. So this got me the connection to Lance that he used my product. So he used all his carrier my product. And he said, only you can use my image and everything all for free because your power meter helped me to get where I am. So I was always free to use all his images, whatever on bike shows and didn't pay anything to him because he was happy to use my product.
0: Let me ask you this. You've, uh, as you got into the process of, uh, you know, getting your degree, getting out, putting putting your product together, you met a lot of high-powered engineers and high achievers in the world of science and research. And I'm gonna ask you about uh, athletes in a minute. But what did you notice about these people that in the world of science, engineering, and development, the people are the top of their game? Who, how they thought how they reasoned, how they went about things. What was your, did you have any uh, impressions yeah. about them? Did you learn anything from them about the way they went about solving problems and approaching uh, difficult uh, uh, subjects, unraveling these mysteries?
1: So, so When I worked with the German Federation, there was the East German FES, Forschungsinstitut Entwicklung Sportgerieter. I worked with them for the German Federation. Then for the um, Olympic Games in Atlanta, there was um, GT, the bike sponsor, and they made the super bike. And as far as I know, they made first a bike in aluminium, where I think USA Cycling had one of the best performance in the team pursuit at the, Olymp- at the World Championship in Sicily, in Palermo. The year later, they made a nice carbon bike, so this was GT. Then later, when I worked with Bill Andres, it was Fausto Pinarello. He was really interested to make a really good bike for Team Telecom, because before he made the SWORD bike for um, Miguel Indorein. Maybe you remember the bike. The, with the shape It was called SWORD, Miguel Indorein used for the Tour de France. Right, right. And then. Later, um, Telecom changed from Pinarello to Giant. And with Giant was the first scientific work to make a bike frame really better. So they put strain gauges on the frame. We've had a power meter on, and then you had Eric Zabel to do a sprint. Then you had Jan Ulrich doing a long endurance climb and all this to measure the stress on the frame. So this was Giant they really followed up with a really strong development on the scientific way to make the bike frame better. So so there were companies, they were really high developed, in a high high scientific development. But also there were, let's say, maybe you know Peter Keen. He was the coach of Chris Boardman when he did the hour record, he was a professor at the university in Eastbourne. And later he transferred, let's say the British cycling to Manchester. And he gave up all this job to Braceford for because he later was responsible for the Olympics in, 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 Los, in uh, London. Maybe you have to make a research place for this now the boss or was the boss after Peter Keane of British cycling? But Peter Keane was the initiator of the British lottery to start the cycling, let's say in Manchester and, and the strengths of British cycling, like with Cavendish, with with all the to the frost winners of British cycling. This was
0: well, let's talk about how did how did this impact you? Because be, behind all of these products and improvements and companies making that are people, and I'm sure you've met a lot of them and dealt with them and talked with them. Uh, they- Going Us, through the Olympic experience, how did that impact you? Um, was
1: first, they preferred all my products, so they said, "Okay, <laughs> we power meters, we buy your power meter." Later, let's say an uh, example was the team um, Ineos, or it was called before Team Sky. They were all on SSM, but at the end, they needed money. Yeah, and they said, "Okay." stages pays more we go to stages and i i don't pay i give them product and i cannot pay and they said okay stages pays and you pay not so we go to stages okay we use a stages power meter the same was with other teams so they needed money at the end the team need money and they search money and they at, at one point they they didn't look for the quality anymore of the power meter as it was before because they want money because the cyclist cost much more now than 20 years ago. Right. If you, if you look what they get now and what they got 20 years ago, there's a huge difference. A huge right. difference. But cyclists cannot really attract, I would say, the big business. Why is Apple or Let's say uh, Microsoft or let's say Google do not put any money in cycling. These are multi-billion billion companies. Why they don't say, okay, let's do a cycling team? It costs not much. It's maybe fifty million a year, and we make them for ten years. They don't do this. Why? Why do not all the big in the U.S. You have the biggest companies of the world. Why does not anyone put any scent into cycling? This is the question. Because the image of cycling is not the super good by the doping.
0: Now being out there, uh getting that feedback from the riders had to uh be an incredible advantage. Yeah,
1: For you, but that there are two different kinds of cyclists. There's the guys of called um um contador. Yeah, they contador very simple. I want to see my power, my heart rate, my speed, my cadence at the time. Nothing more. Even Lance Armstrong too, he said, Uli, I do not record. I have my numbers, I see my numbers and then it's history. I need this now as precise as possible. Basta. And the other guys, they want 10 times more information. They're always pushing the buttons on the bike computer and they... (laughs) Sometimes I feel they lost the concentration. What is cycling about? And then I had a talk with, um, maybe you know, Andre Greiper. He yeah. told me at one point, Uli, they should forbid bike computers because this is also a reason for so more crashes because they get distracted. They look on the bike computer of the navigation. They should look on the road and see what is a 100 meter coming. And yeah. they don't need a computer. This is the same like on your car you look always on the navigation not on the road and then you end up in the river yeah but anyway so anyways we have the bike computer now and this should be the problem is you have to turn your head to look on the bike computer and then you cannot look on the road and then even if it's a pre-selected course and then in the race maybe there's some barrier some other is different and then you cannot follow what is the the course what do you have in your bike computer
0: what's been the most enjoyable uh personal reward for you from living this uh demanding life you know because there's there's no off season in what you do and so uh it's pretty pretty been pretty much relentless uh during your life and so what are the rewards and what you know uh, has this been worth it to you personally, and and what are those things? you think about that much?
1: Yeah, because I know sometimes a cyclist gives me the bike. I got, for example, one of the super bikes for user cycling, this, the what they had for Olympics. It was presented by me by Steve Johnson. Lance Armstrong gave me the bike he wanted to the France with a yellow jersey. Thank you. I have a bike of um, maybe 10 other pro cyclists. I have a bike of Kriper. I have a bike of um, Alex Saber. I have a bike of, and they gave me the bike. and said, "Only this was all your help. And then maybe with five, six signed jerseys. And I hang them all on the wall. This is, I think, from a cyclist, the biggest thank you to get the bike. With a signed jersey, you can hang up in the in 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 the office for for you. Because if you make a product and the athlete gives you back a thank you with the bike he was racing and winning something, I think this man man means the most.
0: Yeah, Uh, and plus, this is something that you grew up loving from as a child and along with your father how did your father uh did he live long enough to see you is he still alive and see you do this to the industry that's got to be a a great source of pride for him
1: he was happy he died early and he had not seen the end but he had always a picture of a power power meter and on his work office he was responsible he worked in munich for the subway So he was responsible to get this parts of the subway, the underground running in Munich. So he was also an engineer, an underground engineer. So he understood what I was doing and he appreciated it a lot.
0: What would you, do you have, do you feel like, uh, I know big thing right now is you want to get this new meter out. Uh, is there any one big uh, uh, achievement out there that you haven't done because you pretty much have dominated your industry and now you're doing it just for the fun of coming up with it. It's like improving the iPhone basically uh, with your improving yeah. your, your power meters. And uh, because one reason for you to do it is because you know, nobody can do it like you. And uh Uh, it's going to be interesting to see i think everybody's interested to see what you're going to come up with but for you what is the big thing that would give you the biggest charge uh in terms of happening over the next year two or three okay so power
1: is still power and this is for me the most important thing because this explains your strengths but i think in the future it will go to have a bike computer that tells you how to make your training more smart and more intelligent. And to make your training more intelligent, it's maybe nice to measure your power, your heart rate, your speed, but probably it would be good also to see the lactate in your body, the sugar level and some other things for training to make your training better. But at one point also, I think at one point it gets too many data and you get an overload of information as a consumer. And I think sometimes less would be better, and you reduce it really to the important things, really to the important things. And I have really to think deep what are really important things. Maybe maybe it comes out, it's your body temperature, your body temperature and power, or some other things, but not too much, because an overload of information in the training actually reduces the focus on yourself because you are looking too much on the numbers. And at, at, the, at the point, at one point, you have also, I would not say listen to your body, because sometimes I remember when Lance Armstrong, uh, when Craig Lemon got world champion in Chambury, he told me, only every lap. I want to quit the race because I felt horrible. It was a shitty day. I didn't want to finish, but at the end, he got world champion. He beat Konishev in the final sprint. And he said, Uli, sometimes you cannot trust your body feeling. You have to think that the other are maybe the same struggling as you, and you cannot see this, and they feel the same shit, and at the end, you can still win. So sometimes... It's, it's hard to say, listen too much to your body. Sometimes you have to go through this and see, okay, the other have to do the same, and then still you can be the winner. So I would say find a balance, listen listen to yourself, listen to the data, listen to what the coach tells you and what the family tells you, and find your own way. But what, what you think, at the end, you have to listen to yourself, but also put in consideration what the other tell you where you are.
0: Thanks for listening to the Million Dollar Mastermind. If you felt there were any valuable takeaways from this episode, please take a minute and leave us a five-star review. Your feedback is important and really helps us get the word out to a wider audience. Remember, we have a valuable webinar that is absolutely free. Register for it right now at rightallonwinning.com. Thanks for listening.